Welcome to Hebsiod Sports, episode number 172. Mark Hebsher alongside Toronto Mike. And today on the show, did you hear the roar of the crowd when Kyle Clifford and Jamie Alexiak dropped the gloves and started fighting during last night's Leaf Stars game at Scotiabank Arena? Bloodlust! I'd never heard the crowd so loud. How do you feel about fighting in hockey? Tell me the truth. Would you cheer a fight? <laughs> Blue Jays catcher Reese McGuire arrested for exposing his private parts in his SUV in a busy parking lot in Florida. He was just finishing himself off and had trouble pulling up his pants when the cops arrived. How's this going to play at spring training for the Jays? God, God, I love spring training. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that. The first female sports columnist in Canada, Christy Blatchford, dead at the age of 68. 33 years ago, she asked me and Jim Taddy to be her Valentine in her Toronto Sun column. Never forgotten her. Uh, a couple of Blatch stories a little bit later on. Uh, we did some traveling together. Uh, she's a little older than me, um, but uh, our paths crossed many times, and uh, uh, I considered her a friend. I'm glad I never got in her way. I'm glad I was never one that, uh, you know, when the poison pen came out, it had anything to do with me. So I'll tell you, talk a couple stories about Christy Blatchford, just a great sports writer, a great writer, period, great journalist. The Raptors are 15-1 and one in their last 16 games. You knew they had to lose at some point, uh, but they just look kind of ragged going into the All-Star break, and that's good because they get a blow for a week while Pascal and Kyle and the coaching staff go to Chicago for the All-Star game. We'll talk about the Leafs and their problems, and boy, they got problems. We got tennis, we got golf, and much more. Before we get started, though, a call to action. You know, we've been producing a twice-weekly show for nearly two years now. Um, Toronto Mike's been doing the producing. I just sort of show up here. Uh, but because of, um, listen, I mean, if I was independently wealthy, I would love to do this show. I'd do it every day. Honest to God, I would love it. But I'm not independently wealthy. And because of a lack of uh, funds, sponsorship or whatever, uh, we're going to cut the show back to once a week until we can find a way to generate some revenue. Now, I know wintertime's a tough time. Um, our sponsor, Crosswinds Golf, I'm hoping will return uh, in the spring, as they have uh, for many years. Wonderful sponsor. Um, but they don't advertise in the wintertime, and justifiably so. There is no golf in the wintertime. Yeah, that makes sense. Here in this part of the world. Uh, and they don't do any, uh, they really don't do any business in the wintertime. But of course, a lot of it once the nice weather comes. So we're hoping Crosswinds will be back. But until that time, unless mm, somebody that I've been chasing down, and I hate chasing people down. You're not a natural born sales. I, I'm not. I'm, you know, I hate to say it. that's not my uh, forte. Bro not, broadcasting uh, was, is sort of my forte. You're a creative type. Writing you're creative. not Alec Baldwin in Glengarry Glen Ross. No, no, that was never really my thing. But anyway, so unless we can find a way to uh, generate some revenue, we're going to cut back to once a week. If you've got any ideas, if let, let's say you know someone who'd like to be a sponsor, let me know, let Toronto Mike know, because as an independent podcast, we don't have the support or resources of Rogers, Bell, Chorus, CBC, these big fish that eat, try to eat up us little fish, us independents, mm -hmm. try to quiet us down, right? So that, so that you, you, you listen to what they spew out as they send out their corporate messages and stuff like that. And I don't want to get too much into that. But anyway, um, I, I, we could start a GoFundMe campaign if you want or bring back Patreon so that you guys can help. Uh, you know, we can bring you a quality podcast twice a week. But for now, we're going to cut back a bit this winter and uh, we'll see how things go. Well, so I'll uh, chime in to say that if somebody steps up and you know, becomes a sponsor of this show before, I don't know, Sunday at noon, let's say. So reach out to Hebsey Man on Twitter and uh, get his attention. He'll he'll jump on a call with you. If a sponsor arises by Sunday at noon, will there be an episode of Hebsey on Sports on Monday? Monday is family day. 
That's a, it's a it's a difficult day anyway, right. and I don't want to put you in a position where you have to choose between your work and your kids and your family on family day. So let's just say for Monday for family day, okay. it won't be anyway. It's not a normal day for most people anyway. Um, so we'll let that go, and then we'll see. Okay. And then if next week before next Friday, if somebody so comes on. for uh, until a sponsor shows up Friday only. Wait, there's one at the door right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll be reading the Periscope we'll comments on the Periscope. We'll see if somebody... And the Friday show, up. the Friday only show, will be twice as good as a normal show would be. But not because, twice as long. <laughs> well, that's, it depends how much we have to talk about. Right. Uh, so let's get to it. Okay. Uh, it's spring training. Hope springs eternal. It didn't matter how your baseball team did last year. It makes no difference what the prospects look like. This is the best time of the year. Pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training, and baseball is back. But at what cost... More elaborate cheating with punishment ranging from a slap on the wrist to a few million dollars fine and forfeiture of a couple of draft choices. Give me a break, baseball, really. For decades, those who own professional sports teams have been some of the most arrogant and dislikable people in the world. And baseball alone, forget about the other sports and the goofy owners, baseball alone has had some doozies. Charles Comiskey, so cheap that he wouldn't play his, pay his White Sox players, gave them flat champagne after they won the pennant. What do they do? They, they, they threw the World Series. The Black Sox. Right. Okay? Of course. They hated the him. Hated him. Horace Stoneham and Walter O'Malley, who took the Giants and the Dodgers out of New York and Brooklyn and took them to the West Coast of San Francisco and Los Angeles. Hated. Hated. Charlie Finley of the Oakland A's wouldn't pay his players. One of the reasons free agency became such a big thing was the Reggie Jacksons and Catfish Hunters of the world who ended up going to other teams and making millions of dollars. You've got guys like George Steinbrenner, who was hated. Jeffrey Loria and the Expos. And then the Marlins hated him. And now you've got Jim Crane of the Houston Astros, who up until yesterday, I didn't know what this guy looked like. Could have walked in with a shirt that said, I'm Jim Crane, and I wouldn't recognize the guy. This guy yesterday at the Houston Astros training facility in a uh, scheduled press conference to discuss the sign-stealing, not allegations, conviction of sign-stealing. General manager and manager of the team fired. And an owner now, Crane, that comes out and says, and I quote, sign-stealing didn't impact games. (laughs) If you took that on its own, Sign stealing didn't impact games. And then 30 seconds later, when a reporter reminded him, he responded, oh, I never said sign stealing didn't impact games. Yes, you did. Caught in a lie 30 seconds afterwards, okay? This is the same guy who who said, I didn't know anything about this. I wasn't aware of this at all. Now, you don't tell me. I don't care, billionaire or no billionaire. You didn't know what was going on? And the other thing is, why are you apologizing for something if you didn't think it had any impact on baseball games? And the other one, by the way, why else would you be stealing signs, which you've stealing signs, which you've admitted to, if you weren't trying to win games? Like, what would be the purpose? Just to have some fun. So this is going to have long-ranging effect. But this owner, this guy, is now the most disliked, hated man in sports. This guy, Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, he's not contrite. They're not apologetic. Right. They got off the hook big time. A few million dollars, some draft choices. Okay, make sure you fire your... But Jim Crane is never... This guy's never going to be disciplined because the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, is owned by the Major League Baseball owners. They own this guy. Don't think anything about it. He's a puppet for the owners. 
He can't turn around and find Jim Crane, right? He can't do that. But we've seen in the, the NBA where the commissioner has taken us. We saw of Sterling anyways. Well, hang on a second. Okay. But a, there's a bit of a difference between lying about whether your team cheated or not and whether it's impactful on the game and making racist statements. Right. <laughs> on recordings that were on TMZ. Bit of difference. Yeah. So this is where baseball is headed. Commissioner Manfred is not going to punish any of the Astros players. Not at all. Nor Crane, who is not, I say, the not, not the least bit contrite and is now the most hated man in sports. The Astros players, therefore, despite admitting that they should have known better and that they should have done something about it. They, I wish I could have done, I, I now wish I could have done something about it. This is the old Joe Paterno line when they found out about the, scan, the sex scandal at Penn right, State. Sandusky. I yeah. wish I would have known more, I would have done. If I would have known, I would have done something about it. Or now that I look back at it, I should have done something about it. Oh, I hate when people do that. I can't stand that because we're now supposed to go, oh, so, so now you're saying that you realized there was a problem back then. You didn't do anything about it then, but now this is not an apology. It's not an apology at all. So the Astros players, none of them got suspended. They all get off, not pretty much scot-free, completely scot-free. So here's a prediction, Mike. Since Major League Baseball is not going to do anything to punish the players involved, from the 2017 Houston Astros, my prediction is that this year, 2020, the Houston Astros will set a new major league record as their players will get hit by more pitches than any other team in history. That the first pitch of the season is going to be right in Carlos Correa's ribs or George Springer's ribs or whoever's going to lead off for them. Right in the ribs. Just to send a message to the team. Do you know what you guys did? To this game, but also, do you know what you guys did to the careers of certain players, to the integrity of the game, which for now 100 years has been in question since the Black Sox scandal? A hundred years. And let me tell you, baseball has gone up and down, up and down. And as far as popularity goes, as far as uh, the general public uh, not, not being interested in baseball. Hey, back in the day, folks, it was a pitcher's league, okay, where the mound was higher where the strike zone was, uh, was um, bigger and where hitters did not have an advantage. Before that, you had a dead ball era where a home run was a rarity, right? People didn't want to watch stuff like that. They want to see offense. Okay, you want to see offense. How about we get to the steroid era where everybody's hitting 50 home runs a year? So this love affair with baseball, we love the sport, but what's been going on around it? You can go back to the designated hitter. That's 1973 at the National League has their pitchers hit, and the American League does not. So there have been a lot of hassles when it comes to baseball. A lot of people, so, you know, not sitting on the fence, but, you know, there's an emotion. There's a, a love for the sport where you want the sport to be at least consistent. <clears throat> we know what we're going to get. Now sign-stealing with electronics, with this and that, and now the history of the sport. What's been going on cheating-wise? Has everybody tried to cheat in this sport? Yeah. This is this sport more than any other sport, okay, allows for cheating. So should we just look at it differently and say, well, if you can get away with it, go ahead. If you want to scuff up the baseball because they allowed this, they, they disallowed the spitball back, you know, 100 years ago. <clears throat> Do you, you want to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you want to uh, take drugs? Hey, they were taking amphetamines back, back in the day <clears throat> to, in, you know, increase their, their, um, uh, efficiency, their performance. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, but if you, I mean, 
here's hoping they don't make it a free for all and allow you to do whatever with like uh, buzzers uh, strapped to the body and earpieces and monitors in the dugout. Like, let's hope. Let's hope that if you've been allowed to get away with this now, excuse me, up until this point, what makes you think if you're a player or an organization, you couldn't get away with something else? How many years do you think the Astros are getting away with this before 2017? And, And what about 2018 and 2019? You're telling me they stopped doing it? Or there's just not enough evidence from the last couple of years? It's it's very, very disturbing. And this is where the sport is headed. So I say, pitchers this year in, in um, the American League, throw it, throw it at them. Throw some chin music, spin a few caps, drill a few Astros right in the ribs or right in the behind <clears throat> for what they've done to baseball. Hit them. And since none of the players have been suspended and they've admitted their wrongdoing, they are open season for pitchers as they dig in at home plate. Mike, the team record in baseball for most times hit by a pitch in one season is 103 by Mark Shapiro's 2008 Cleveland Indians. So the team Mm -hmm. was hit 103 times. That record will be broken this year. The Astros will smash that record. And I'm interested to see how the umpires react when pitchers start throwing at the Houston hitters. Are they going to warn them? Hey, one more and I throw you out of the game? Or are they going to kind of let that first one slide a little bit? No, no, I don't think they were trying to hit you. Now get back in the batter's box, Bregman. <clears throat> get in there, Springer. Get in there, Correa. Get in there. Because the umpires as well, and no one really has discussed this, the umpires, their reputations are now on the line as well because the umpire during the game can't go oh wait a second i gotta call that's a that's not a strike it's a ball i heard the garbage can being banged twice the umps weren't aware of stuff like this but you're pulling one over on the public but also on the umpires right right because it's all about the integrity of the game so from as far as integrity goes if i'm an umpire and i'm standing in there behind home plate okay go ahead and pitch to carlos correa and the first pitch is is high and tight or down around his ankles, and it's uh, he's got to skip out of the way. Uh, and he looks at me and he says, "Hey, he's trying to hit me." I might as the ump, I'm going to go. Yep, I would too. Hmm. So you better not dig in at home plate, Astros. And if they crack down on this, of course, you could have a teams could have a designated starter whose only job yeah. is to hit the first. Right? Because <clears throat> if they say, "Okay." No zero tolerance because maybe this gets out of hand, and then the umps are like zero tolerance. If you if I you throw at the batter, you're gone or whatever. You just put a guy in as a starter right. to get tossed. Wow. You like that idea. That's, an interesting, that's very, very interesting. I just interesting. thought of that. I think it's uh, going to catch on. By the way, minus 19 in Toronto this morning <laughs> when I went off to work today. So, <coughs> And also, I, you like me, you're, I'm so angry Whoa, about this Astros uh, cheating yeah. uh, situation. Do you, I have a heater if you want me to throw it on. But, you haven't uh, thrown the heater on? I don't like the sound it's of it. Min- oh, oh, we're worried about the audio. It's minus 19. But not, I should point out to everyone, not minus 19 in this basement. A uh, little bit warmer, but not a lot warmer. Right. I got Mike Wilner coming in here later today. Should I turn it on for him or let him freeze? Too? <coughs> I'll let him freeze too. No, I'll let him freeze. He's going to Florida pretty soon. Yeah, that's why he's coming in today. Uh, yeah, because I think he's leaving next week. Former Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Mike Bolsinger also wants the Astros held accountable. Bolsinger filed a civil lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court Monday, accusing the Astros of unfair business practices, negligence, and intentional interference with contractual and economic relations. You think he went and saw a lawyer for this? (laughs) 
He also wants the Astros to forfeit the roughly $31 million in bonuses from their ill-gotten World Series title and for the money to go to charities in Los Angeles focused on bettering kids' lives as well as to create a fund for retired baseball players who need financial assistance. Bolsinger, who's now 32, was a former starting pitcher for the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. He was acquired by the Jays in 2017 for Jesse Chavez and converted to a reliever. He entered the August 4th game in 2017 at Houston's Minute Maid Park in the fourth inning. He faced eight batters through 29 pitches. He only got one out while giving up four earned runs on four hits, three walks, and a home run. That's the game where the Astros were banging on the garbage can, and every one of Bolsinger's pitches had been tipped to the hitter. They knew exactly what was coming. They laid off the breaking pitch, which ended up being a ball. They knew it was coming. They knew a fastball was coming. They jumped on the fastballs like they were like, like tigers going after their prey. Like they knew it was coming, right? And if, you know, if you've ever watched enough baseball, you know, you know when a batter jumps on a ball, he knew that pitch was coming. Yeah, he was either guessing or he just knew it was going to be a high fastball or whatever it was. He knew it. <laughs> This this guy got screwed royally by the cheating Astros, and you know I'm pissed off. Do you off think at the whole- so? Yes. So 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 that, what do you yes. think? Of, so what do you think about this lawsuit? It's to me. I know a lot of people are laughing at the lawsuit or whatever. I actually think it's completely fair. He had the, the that opportunity right. uh, may have sh- you know shaped his entire career, and he didn't have a chance. If the, if, if the batter knows what's right. coming, you, that's not a fair. That's not that's not athletics. Okay, so. Um- had this guy been a really good pitcher in the majors, <clears throat> right? And then this happens to him and he gets sent down and he never comes back. I see your point. But Mike Bolsinger, prior to that, his final appearance, the one I just mentioned, was a terrible pitcher. He was awful. But good enough to get an no, uh, no. appearance in a major league game. He had a career war of minus 1.2. Do you know how bad a player you have to be? And I'm talking about a guy who plays, uh, he plays four games in his career and that's it. This guy pitched in about three and a half seasons. A minus 1.2 war means he was less than effective. Any replacement player would be 1.2 points better than him. It's awful. So I don't believe that that particular game cost him his career. He was a lousy pitcher before that. Incredibly bad. A marginal major leaguer at best. And even if he doesn't win his lawsuit, he opens the door to a number of questions, including how many other careers did the Astros ruin by stealing signs. I'm not sure that he, they ruined his career. They certainly uh, didn't make it easy for him. <clears throat> but he wasn't that great a pitcher to start with. So I don't think he's going to win this lawsuit. I think it's kind of laughable that a guy with a career ERA of like five is going to come out and say that this particular game cost him his career. But I do like the fact that he wants the Astros to forfeit the $31 million in player bonuses, et cetera, and World Series shares. And that money should go towards you know, major leaguers, uh, retired major leaguers that have had some issues or, or um, you know, um, kids, uh, you know, a fund for um, uh, charities in Los Angeles on bettering kids' lives. That's great. Very magnanimous gesture. But believe me, th- they didn't cost him his career. His career okay. was already going down but, the But tubes. as a baseball fan, I think a lot of us are starving <clears throat> for some, some kind of more severe accountability. Not going to happen though, Mike. I, there's a comment on Periscope about the integrity of the game. Like hitting their batters isn't going to uh, help, uh, you know, uh, restore the integrity of the grand old game. Here. No, no, really? It's, it's, of course not. No, that's like a, a very, it's like a, a very temporary uh, <laughs> moment of satisfaction, which actually does does nothing of substance for you, the uh, root you don't cause think, here. You don't think the Houston Astros should be labeled as as a 
as a team that uh, deserves to get like the most. No, I don't care if they sports. get hit, but that's that's not that's not uh, enough. The most hated team in sports, Mike, deserves to get beaten physically, beaten up, because to me it would be like this: you stole something from me, right? Now I catch you on the street, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. You stole from me. You're the one that stole. Now I've got you. Guess what? You didn't go to jail for it. You got off scot-free. Guess what? I'm going to get my pound of flesh. And that's the way I think it's going to be. And I'll tell you another thing. Any pitcher that goes out there and looks and says, now batting Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, you're looking going, these are the sons of bitches who cheated to win their World Series. Right. They but- cheated to win their World Series. Okay. And they all, here they are all playing. None of them are suspended. But that's the None problem. That. Me. This wouldn't be necessary. Me, I didn't cheat. I never cheated. I'm trying to play the game on the up and up. I'm not taking steroids. I'm not juicing the ball. I'm not putting Vaseline on it. I'm not spitting on it. I'm not using an emery board. I'm playing by the rules. And you guys didn't. And you got away with it. Well, I'm not going to let you get away with it. They shouldn't have got away with it. If if they had if there had been some kind of right. uh, punishment, then this this kind of vigilante justice would be unnecessary. Well, that's gonna. I'm telling you right now, 103 is the record. Most times a team has been hit by pitches in one season. This the record's gonna get. We'll broken. keep the uh, heads on sports going here. Oh yeah, Astros hit by pitch. You watch for it. Um, Mike, did you ever hear the story of Merkel's boner? Yes, uh, I have heard this reference. Yeah. And I told you, I think, oh, I think it was before we started the podcast, but Ken Burns' baseball documentary. Right. So you know what a boner is? There's two. There's in The one. Simpsons, uh, Homer had, yeah, yeah. pulled a few boners right. in his day. A few boners. A boner is a stupid mistake. Right. Boy, what a boner that is. And of course, right. a boner is also the expression you use for a hard on, you know. Oh, an erection, I believe, when you were is a the kid, medical right? term. You got, you got a boner, right. Um, so Fred Merkel of the uh, New York Giants in 1908 failed to touch second base on the game-winning hit. This is another thing, too, is that I learned about baseball was if you're the base runner at first and a guy, you know, and there's another guy, let's say, on third, which in this case there was, and the, and, and the guy, the batter, hits one up the middle for a base hit, and now the run scores, that run doesn't count until you as the base runner at first actually touch second base. Right. Right? right. Fred Merkel was a kid. He was 19 years old. He was a pinch runner. He, he didn't know that in 1908. And so his failure to touch second base caused a big, huge problem. They had to replay the game. And, and the Giants ended up losing to the Cubs in the heated pennant race. And that was known, as, and of course the newspaper writers loved it, as Merkel's boner. He never lived it down. Merkel's boner. He was a pretty good ball player, too, for the Giants. John McGraw's Giants of the uh, you know, 1908-09 into the 19-teens. They were in the World Series every year. They never won it. But anyway, Merkel's boner. Well, now, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays catcher Reese McGuire's physical boner might cause him as much, if not more, grief as Fred Merkel's mental blunder after McGuire was caught in his Mercedes SUV in a busy parking lot masturbating to a porn video on his phone in broad daylight and without tinted windows in his vehicle, which meant anybody could see what he was doing. And someone did. McGuire was arrested and cops noted that he had trouble pulling up his pants, which had been down around his ankles when the cops knocked on his driver's side window after a woman had complained. She had pulled into her parking spot in the Dollar Tree parking lot in Dunedin, and McGuire's vehicle was right there next to her. She got a good look. Now, Mike, yeah. I've never <laughs> done this before in the car, and certainly I thought if I was going to, I would 
probably put the car in some place, if it had to be in a public parking lot, somewhere away from a crowd, away from anyone that might get out of their vehicle and, and look into my untinted windows. Because you're a sensible person. Yeah. And if I had the urge and I, there was no place to go and my roommate back at the hotel, I'm going to assume that Reese McGuire had a roommate or, or else he would have gone back to his condominium or hotel room or whatever it is he lives in to do his business. But no. Okay, the roommate maybe, you know, was sleeping or he had a girl in the room or whatever the hell it was. You got your Mercedes SUV. There's a million places you can go, okay? But in a busy Dollar Tree parking lot next to all these other cars because, I mean, his, his vehicle is parked where anyone could pull up on either side of him in a busy area fairly close to the stores. What the hell is this guy thinking? Well, that's it. He wasn't thinking. But here's my, my thought is that it must have been... Uh... <laughs> Part of the uh, what? how do I <laughs> say this? Part of what? You know, some okay. people. All right, take the rest of the day off, you guys. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Relax, enjoy. Relax. Some people might get off, if you will, on uh, the danger of being uh, discovered. Like that, it must have been part of the kink. It makes no sense on any level why you would, at that time, at that place, at that time of day, that you would do that. It makes no sense. So you're saying. If I've got you, right and I'm here, speculating, is, okay, you're for speculating the is that part of the excitement of for this particular fellow would be getting yourself off in a public place where it's possible, right. That someone might see that. That Correct. that heightens the excitement for this person. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but you realize that's no, the only thing that makes nothing sense. makes sense. But that, no, 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 that, no, 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 uh, no, nothing makes sense. Because if he was like that, he'd go into a restaurant and do it to himself sitting in a booth. No, because he's, he, he's not uh, what? that out oh, of his oh, gourd. Oh, he's not that out of his gourd. He would just do it in an un, with his untinted with windows. With a little, bit of, a, little bit of risk, a little, a little bit, of bit of risk. That somebody that might get out of their car okay. next to his and look inside and go, whoa, what's this guy doing? It, that's what I'm running with I'm just going to tell you this right now. Reese McGuire had better been, had better be, the best player in training camp this spring. He had better hit the cover off the ball, throw out every potential base stealer, make no mistakes at all, or else every time he goes down, pardon the expression, <laughs> somebody or a number of people are going to remind him of his transgression. And McGuire's boner is going to take over for Merkel's boner. I mean, this look, if that guy could win the batting title this year, and they get oh, Reese McGuire, who was arrested in spring training for exposing himself. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is... <laughs> I'm sorry, but bench jockeys are going to have a field day, and every time he does something <clears throat> or doesn't do something, Reese McGuire, he's going to be known as this guy. He's going to be known as oh, the for, guy. Forever. Forever. This will be the... Who jerked the, off in the parking lot in his Mercedes SUV with untinted windows because he's... I mean, what's what? What can we say? He's a he's, not, he's a degenerate. Is he a degenerate? What is he? I Has he got some problems? Those Has he got some issues? Should the Jays ensure that he goes and sees seeks professional help for this? I think I think Mike. Yeah. That someone who does this, ball player or not, should seek professional help. I think you're right. Needs needs to see a professional to see what would make them 
run from the field. Like, you know, I, okay, curveball, slider, yeah, I'm really not thinking about that right, and right now. I'm getting a hard-on, and I need to go somewhere to relieve myself. It can't be here at the complex with all the other players, but I'm not thinking straight. I'm not thinking about your pitches. I'm not thinking about <clears throat> catching. I'm not thinking about the fundamentals of the game or looking for a certain pitch. I'm thinking about one thing only. Where's my phone with the porn I got to get off? Absolutely needs to talk to somebody. This is uh, there's a reason that uh, police are involved. You you can't because you're right. Oh, I want to be a, like you know, a, a nine year old girl is going to walk by and oh God, that's that, well um, that's the risk and that's why. Imagine if your daughter that's goes. That's why hey, Dad, it's illegal that, to do that. That looks like the guy from the Blue Jays. Well, you just can't and he have, was your favorite player. You can't be doing that where you could be seen in public. You can't be doing that. That's a no. Imagine your kid did that. Imagine the conversation you'd have with your kid oh if you did God. that. Like I'm thinking, my 18 year old did that. I'd be I'd be like. Are you like? Are you stupid? Yeah. No. Like, let's talk about this. So the Jays, yeah, he needs to see somebody. So the Jays should pay for the best psychologist, sexologist, or psych- just a psychiatrist, psychiatrist. to uh, discuss why you think that's appropriate behavior. For, forget some, a yeah. ball player. Forget a ball player. Right. For a adult person. Right. That's right. For yeah. any adult to be doing that, to exposing yourself. First of all, look, look, you're in your own car. What you do in your car, as long as you're not doing anything, uh, you know, uh, against the Highway Traffic Act or you're endangering yourself or someone else on the roads. You're sitting in a parked car with the engine off in a parking lot somewhere. Like, who cares? Right. Like, really, you think cops are going to wonder what's going on in that Mercedes over there. Now, now, if you see two people there, there might be some, you know, something nefarious going on. But again, that you got to go somewhere discreet. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. So, you know, you... Now that I think of it, you could be right. This guy could be like, you know, the, the opposite of a voyeur, I guess. You want people to... It's definitely... <clears> I, I don't speak you. from first-hand experience here, but it is but definitely right. a kink, if you will. Okay. All right. Now we know. Reese McGuire. There you go. Speculation for All the right. lawyers out there. <laughs> and now, what do you think of um, the Blue Jays' current bench coach, Dave Hudgens? He was on that Astros 2017 team. Okay? Forget about McGuire's problems. Here's a guy... I mean... I'm looking at this guy going, can you really believe this guy? Can you trust in this guy? He's on your coaching staff. He was part of that team. A lot of people are saying that this guy should be fired. I've heard that, yeah. What do you think? I'm torn because I am a big believer in second chances. Like, I really do think that you can err, and then uh, if you're truly remorseful and you can improve yourself as a person and that you shouldn't be discarded, like you shouldn't be tossed into some kind of a garbage bin, like you're you're dead to us because you made this mistake. But could the hitting coach, the bench coach, really in the heat of a ray or whatever, he's going to step forward out of that clubhouse and say, "Uh, listen, the guys on this team are cheating. He's going to stand up in front of all of them and say, okay, guys, that's enough. Enough's enough. I know we're leading. I know we're winning because we're cheating. I know we know what pitches are coming, but we have to stop this right now. Like, who's going to do that? It's like, um, it's like on the show Succession, where, yeah. the, where you know, like the, the, the father, the guy who owns the business, the, 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 he, no one's going to say anything against him. No one's going to, for fear of, you know, getting fired from their job. No one's going to, you know, ruin it for anyone. You're going to be a yes man. You're part of this. You're okay, right. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. This is what we're doing. We're, we're shredding paper. We're shredding documents. We're getting rid of evidence. We're doing all that stuff. You know about it, okay? Don't say anything. And if you've got a problem with it, just get up and leave. I didn't see anybody getting up and leaving the organization. I didn't see Dave Hudgens. But at the same time, you look at this guy and you go, hey, there's one of the cheaters from the 27th. There's one of the guys who knew what was going on. He knew the pitches were coming. Well, he's going to have to wear the scarlet, <clears throat> re- scarlet letter, right? Like everybody associated with that team is going to wear the scarlet letter. But can you trust him? But can you trust him? Can you trust this guy? 
Well, he's uh, he's here. <laughs> Maybe you should fire him. I want to know what the team does with uh, with Reese <laughs> McGuire still. Like, yeah. what is the uh, move for the team? All I know is this: what a break for Danny Jansen. But was it? That's but, all I'm saying. But Danny was going to be the, the number one guy, anyways, right? I guess so. But I mean, McGuire's a left-handed hitter. Danny's a right-handed hitter. But what if again? What if McGuire has a great spring? But I. But to me. Like, if I'm Danny Jansen, I'm, I'm feeling bad for Reese McGuire and all that, but uh, maybe a little more playing time for me, a little less playing time for him. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's a terrible thing to I don't think. Know. But, uh, hey, like, he steps into the clubhouse now. Hey, Reese, where you been? Like, come on. How could you not look at the guy and go, really? You couldn't think of any other blanks? Like, really? Like, so many thoughts on this. Like, if you were that... Like, how smart are you? If you're a base runner, if you're a base runner, and you go, there's McGuire, he's going to go first to third, you go, I hope he doesn't make the same decision he made that day when he parked his vehicle in the busy parking lot because your decision-making now comes into question. So bizarre. Yeah, it's crazy. Who saw that one coming? No pun intended. Oh, yes, pun intended. <laughs> the Maple Leafs continue to show their incredible mediocrity as they lost 3-2 to the Dallas Stars last night at the Scotiabank Arena. Mike, they may be a playoff team. They're not going to get out of the first round with this squad. And I don't know exactly what they need. It may be another defenseman. It might be another tough grinding forward. I can tell you this. I think if, Leaf, if you were to say to Leaf fans, look, you guys are going out in the first round, but you're going to go down fighting. I think Leaf fans would go, okay then. If that's the case, okay. Because last night, when Kyle Clifford, and the Leafs were down 2 nothing, Last night, the Leafs down 2 nothing, and Kyle Clifford dropping the gloves and chucking the knuckles with Jamie Alexiak of the Stars was the greatest moment of the game. <laughs> the crowd was louder than I had ever heard the crowd at the Scotiabank Arena. I'm serious. Call it what you want. Bloodluster. I didn't see anybody turn away. I didn't see anybody not stand up as soon as those two decided that they were going to dance. But that's always the case live, like always. I don't think I've oh, ever... Oh, I'm sitting at home. I'm jumping off the couch. So is my girlfriend like, what? This is great. <laughs> yeah, but... Nobody was sitting back going, oh boy, here they go again. They're going to fight. Everybody knew that the Leafs needed some kind of a spark. And you know what? He provided that spark. I'm not saying bring uh, fighting back, let them fight. What I am saying is, if you're going to develop, develop a team that other teams hate to play against, go and get some more sandpaper. Go and get guys like Kyle Clifford who scores eight points a year. Go get those guys because as it stands now, your key guys, your um, talented players are, are not doing the job. They're being um, smothered, suffocated by teams that know how to defend. And Dallas was the best example because you saw what happened. You got, uh, you got Nylander playing with, uh, with um, uh, Matthews and Marner. Hmm. Like, you know, the, first of all, great. It's great that they're playing together because Mike Babcock would have never done this. He would have never in a million years done it. Sheldon Keefe is like, yeah, let's try it. Right. Babcock would have never done it. So Keefe tries it for like a game and a half and then says, this isn't working at all. Mm -hmm. He's making my number two line with Tavares, Hyman, and I don't know, Kerfoot, I guess, or whatever, not as well. Why don't you just, and they did. They ended up going back to Marner, Tavares, Hyman, and Nylander playing with Matthews and was it Kerfoot? I think Kapanen played on that line for a while too. Because uh, Janssen got hurt. Janssen and right. Kapanen banged into each other. Janssen uh, has a bad knee. Sheldon Keefe says after the game, quote, it's not a short-term injury. Okay? Went for an MRI. The Leafs are hurting. Uh, the flu is running through this team. They canceled practice today because they got to get on a plane later today to go to Ottawa because they're playing Ottawa on Saturday in Ottawa, and then Buffalo in Buffalo Sunday, and then they're in Pittsburgh Tuesday, then they come home to host the Penguins Thursday. That's four games in the next six days uh, with a flu-ridden, injury-ridden team that's fighting for their playoff lives. 
Let's so, do you think they'll make a deal before the February twenty fourth deadline? I mean, Kapanen, people, team, teams want Kapanen. You can't Nats- stand Pat with this team, right? Like uh, this team is so you called it mediocre, but I think and- they got no cap room to work with. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, and you made your big trade for your backup goalie, which, by the way, was a great move, right? Because he certainly grabbed us some points. <laughs> but but now now where are you at? I mean, you got to hope that Florida, who lost last night uh, six to two to the Flyers, you got to hope that Florida keeps. You know, Las Panteras keeps losing, and maybe you grab. But even so, you're going to play Boston or Tampa Bay oh, yeah. in the first round, yeah. and you're not going to even have home ice advantage in that. Not that home ice is an advantage. Couple of things. Couple of things. One is um, you, you mentioned the backup goaltender. Uh, I talked to Jamie Campbell yesterday, and I asked. Is him he if, related, by the way, to uh, no? And I asked Soupy him if, Campbell. I asked him if anyone had ever Jack called Campbell. him Soupy. He said only one person one time in his life ever called him Soupy. So right. he did not have the, uh, he the didn't moniker, have that, eh? okay. the Soupy thing. But he wasn't a pro athlete. I think pro anyway. No, he, well, he was a little league guy. He wasn't, I don't know how good he was. <laughs> he played with Steve Christie on that little league team for what it's worth. Steve Christie still has the Super Bowl record for longest. Uh, yes, he does. Uh, if, the other thing is uh, that uh, the problem as a, as a sports fan in the city is I'm, the Raptors are so damn fun and exciting uh, last game accepted that it's really tough to watch the Leafs these days because I am I find myself comparing that experience to watching the Raptors. Well, one thing about the Leafs I can tell you is when they get the puck, boy, they can hold on to that puck. Boy, they're good at holding on that puck and cycling, but they're not getting the chances because other teams know that they just shut off the area around the net and force Austin Matthews to go for those one-timers off the right but side. But he's going to set a franchise record for goals this season probably. Um, yeah, well, guess what? When the all I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, each of the years that Rick Vive scored 50, I don't think the Leafs, the Leafs might have made the playoffs one mm-hmm. of those three years. Because the Norris was so bad. Right, they might have, but I th- I'm pretty sure that the uh, Vive, the year he scored 54, Leafs didn't get to the playoffs. No, so the that's scoring true. of a 50 didn't mean a damn thing. That's true. Didn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> so Leafs two points up on the Panthers with a game in hand. Uh, Panthers, um, yeah, they lost uh, 6-2 to the Flyers. So maybe we'll catch a break and the Panthers will just fade. I don't think so, though. Philadelphia now with a four-point lead for that second and final wildcard spot in the East. They're tied with Columbus. And the Leafs' upcoming schedules I mentioned, four games in six nights. The first three on the road in Ottawa, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. <clears throat> the Panthers, meanwhile, at home to Edmonton Saturday. Then they hit the West Coast for games Monday in San Jose, Wednesday in Anaheim, Thursday in L.A. So not an easy schedule for them either. Um, and that's it for the hockey story. But basketball. Mm-hmm. We've got another All-Star. Didn't we just have an All-Star game in hockey? Did you watch any of I didn't of watch any of it, no. I didn't watch it at all either. And I, I don't, I don't think, think I remember this. I remember the... Uh, uh, um, Kendall Coyne Jenner or whatever, Kendall Coyne, what was there, Schofield from last year. But I don't, what happened this year where they're... I remember I told you, all I knew <clears> is that Green Day dropped F-bombs. That's right. all I heard from but, them. But I don't remember anything else. Was the women's, jeez, um, women's I, game, was that a good game? You're asking the wrong guy. Okay. Uh, I honestly don't know. All right, all right. Well, uh, pay attention this weekend because <laughs> tonight is the tip-off to the NBA All-Star Weekend in Chicago. The celebrity game, Mike, the celebrity game right. goes first tonight. Star-studded lineup featuring Team Wilbon, which is Mike Wilbon from Pardon the Interruption at ESPN. He's the coach. Can we play a game where when you tell me who's on the teams, I just want yeah. you to be honest if yeah. you've heard of them before. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So here we go. So the captain of Team Wilbon is the rapper Common. I know Common. I do too. Um, uh, other players on the team, Bad Bunny. You know who that is? Yep, a Spanish rapper. Rapper, right. Uh, Hannibal Burris. Of course. He's the one who uh, brought the whole Cosby thing back yes, to life. Oh, yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> Kane Brown. I don't know Kane Brown. Four-time American Music Award uh, you? Association Award. No, uh, John Batiste. He's the uh, band leader from the uh, Late Show with Stephen oh, Colbert. Probably from New Orleans. Alex Moffat from Saturday Night Live. Don't chef know. Jose Andres, who's a chef and Do you know a humanitarian. That chef? No, famous Los. 
I don't know that He's person. a comedian and, Mike, a social media influencer. But not related to Los Lobos. No. Jadena. I don't know Jadena. recording artist. Chelsea Gray. This you know for sure. Her. I don't know Chelsea Gray. WNBA. I couldn't tell you what team. <laughs> and former NBA, and it says here legend, but I don't know. I <laughs> know. Quentin Richardson. We got to raise the bar. Wow. I mean, I got to go see that. And then the other team is the away team is the Stephen A. Smith team. Also a loudmouth on ESPN. Uh, his captain is Chance the Rapper. I've seen him live. <clears throat> yeah, he's terrific. Uh, other members of the team, another rapper named Quavo, huh. Taylor Bennett, LaRoyce Hawkins, who's an actor I on don't Chicago know PD, Anthony Spice Adams, a.k.a. Oh. Cream E. Biggums. Don't know him. An actor, a comedian, and a former NFL defensive tackle. The co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Mark Lassery. <laughs> Ronnie ridiculous. 2K. Don't know Ronnie, Who is do the marketing director at 2K Sports. Caitlin Ohashi, a gymnast. I don't know any of these people. Lil Rel Horry, <laughs> who is a, an actor, a comedian. Aja Wilson from the WNBA. And NBA legend, and I use that uh, term loosely, <laughs> Darius Miles. I know him. Who the hell wants to watch that? Game? Honestly, I don't know... I don't know. Uh, I thought maybe my teenagers would keep me in the know here, no. but I didn't know many of those people. Just chance Make you feel old. Uh, <laughs> and then following that game is the NBA Rising Stars game, which does not feature Terrence Davis uh, II from the Raptors, who is a rising star. A bunch of young of course. Uh, first and second year players in the NBA. And, and that's Friday. And then Saturday is the big day. Not the game on Sunday. Saturday's the big day because Saturday night <clears throat> is the uh, NBA Skills Challenge brought to you by Taco Bell. Followed by the Mountain Dew three-point contest. Pretty good. And then the AT&T Slam Dunk Contest. Now, these are always <laughs> great events because you end up finding, there's always a, a, a young guy, an up-and-coming guy that drains all 23 pointers or makes a phenomenal slam dunk, uh, almost as good as Vince Carter's. Uh, but generally speaking, what happens is, is that the legendary players, the star players, don't perform in these because they... It's beneath them. They've done it before. Yeah. Been there. And they don't want to be embarrassed. Right? Sure. So it's like, oh, yeah, you do it when you're young. And then it's like, like, I think I'll sit at the sidelines and watch the young guys do it. But that is the most fun. That's NBA Super Saturday Night. All-Star Saturday Night. I still remember Skills when Michael contest, Jordan. three-point, and then the slam dunk. I still remember when Michael Jordan said he wasn't participating yeah. in the slam dunk. And it felt like I was being ripped off or something. By the way, it's the 20th anniversary yeah. Of the Vince Carter dunk. Right. That's, can you believe that? But the original slam dunk contest took place in the old ABA. Oh, with the colored balls, uh, the red and... Was Julius it? Yeah. Irving uh, was... And that's where the slam dunk really took on its popularity. That's when it took off, when you got to see these guys. And boy, they were creative. I mean, Dr. J's greatest slam dunk, he didn't dribble the ball at all. He just ran with it and then took off from the foul line. It's unbelievable. Right. And so uh, we can thank them. And that's, that's 45 years ago, man. Wow. That's a long time ago. Wow. And then Sunday's the big game itself featuring uh, Team LeBron against Team Giannis. Giannis. Pascal Siakam is a starter for Team Giannis. Uh, Kyle Lowry is a reserve on Team Giannis. There is no betting line for this game, Mike. But last year, Team LeBron won by a score of 178 to 164. In okay, this game. that's a high scoring there game. There was no defense in this game. <laughs> there never is. The Raptors next see action a week from today when they're home to the Phoenix Suns. So enjoy your holiday, gentlemen. You deserve it. 15 and 1 in your last 16. Second place in the NBA East. And the American media are now going, hey, I think I might pick the Raptors to win the East this year. 
Thanks. A sexy pin. In golf, a week after Canadian Nick Taylor blew the field away at Pebble Beach, the PGA Tour is at Riviera in L.A. for the Genesis Invitational. Matt Kuchar leads after a 7-under par 64. Rory McIlroy's at minus 3. Tiger Woods eagled the first hole and was 4-under par through 8 before giving back a couple of bogeys to finish at 2-under, so he's tied for 17th. Top Canadian Corey Connors at minus 1. Adam Hadwin finished at even par, along with the aforementioned Nick Taylor. We'll be going to Augusta this year. I feel Nick Taylor did not get the recognition he deserved by winning the 18th. It was like, oh, he beat out Phil Mickelson, poor Phil, blah, 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 blah. And then, boom, suddenly they were on to the next tournament. And, you know, very few people were talking about him. Very quiet guy. Like, not emotional at all. Mm -hmm. I don't even, the the interview was like, oh, you know, he was very cool about it. He was very low-key, very Canadian. You know, not even when he sunk the winning putt, and I think he won by like four shots. I mean, it was sort of a half hug to the caddy and not even like a fist pump or anything like that. Very, very low key. Mm. It wasn't exciting for him. He just grinded it out and won easily. There was never any uh, pressure on the dude at all. So anyway, he's at uh, even par. Uh, Roger Sloan, the other Canadian in the field, he's at plus three. In tennis, Vashik Pospisil, who lost in the final in France last week to Gaël Monfils. And by the way, it's Monfils. I, there's oh, two, this again? two other <laughs> completely different commentators <laughs> who just don't get it. Did you not learn your French when you were like in grade three? How are they saying it? Monfils. So they're not playing this. It's Monfils. Monfils. Come on. But anyway, yeah, a couple of one in particular TSN announcer, and I can't remember which one it was, a male announcer this Was time. it Mark Rowe? No, 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 no. Mark Rowe knows how to say Monfils. No, but it was sure. someone else. And again, it's, it's up to the, per- if the anchor doesn't listen. One of the things, as a sports anchor, as any kind of commentator, is you've, you've got to get your facts straight. If you're going to pre- mention someone's name, you've got to know how to pronounce it, or you lose all credibility. But crying out loud, it's Monfils. You're tough but fair. Oh, am I, am I being that tough? <laughs> no, no. I mean, by demanding a professional announcer pronounce the name correctly, is that being demanding? No, like, of course. Of course thank, not. Thank you. But podcasters can screw up names, right? Just right. making sure. Okay. Right. But I mean, if I do and someone points out, then I would, I'll gladly admit my mistake and say, thank you for, you know, uh, right. teaching me the right way to say it. Uh, anyway, uh, Monfils was the winner uh, against Pospisil in France uh, last week. It was Sunday. And then, and then um, Pospisil wins his first round match against the number one seed, Daniel Medvedev, in a thriller. And then has to come back 24 hours later and take on uh, Filip Krajinovic of Serbia. And he just couldn't do it. Krajinovic won it in straight sets, and Pospisil had cramps uh, in the second set. Man, it was painful to watch him. Here he is. He can't take, a, he can't take another um, a time violation, and it's not the point in the match where you can. Um, there's a changeover and you can get medical help. He's in the middle of a point, so he can't just beg off. And so you can see him cramping up, and he can barely stand. And you're wondering, man, this guy's a trooper. I mean, he's obvious. If you've ever had cramps before, and I mean, I have, but I don't think to the extent that he would have. Right. He's out there for a couple of hours and his leg is cramping up. But you can see him flexing the leg and he's got a, oh my God. Anyway, he ended up losing to, um, to um, uh, Krajinovic, who's ranked 39th in the world. Uh, Pospisil is ranked 104th. So he's out in the second round. However, Canadian fans, 21st ranked Felix Auger-Aliassime, the 19-year-old, has made it through to the quarterfinals. He'll play the number 52nd ranked player in the world, Slovakia's Aljaz Bedene. Right now. Uh, who is 30 years of age. Are right. they playing now? I think so. I think they're playing later because it's still pretty early, isn't it? Like, you could be right. 
It's uh, five or six, six hours maybe. Yeah. Anyway, whatever the case is, he's in the quarterfinals. And you only have to win two matches to get to the quarterfinals in these tournaments. Bianca Andrescu has not played a competitive match in three and a half months, even though she was slated to play doubles for Canada at the recent Fed Cup. I always wondered about that. If it came down to the doubles, was she going to be healthy enough to play? No. I don't think so either. The number six player in the world is withdrawn from the tournament in Dubai coming up because of her nagging knee injury. It's not known when Bianca will be able to return to action. She will turn 20 years of age in June. But before that, it's hoped that she'll be able to, I don't know, defend her title at Indian Wells. That's a month from now. What do you think? Uh, this is deeply concerning to me. All right. And then the French Open, which goes in late May, which she had to beg off of, uh, I think last year. I, I think she played, she might have played a, one match and lost her and had to withdraw, something like that. But uh, she hasn't played. She hasn't played in three and a half months. So my question is this. Yeah. Normal knee injury, three and a half months rest, is that enough? That uh, sounds she's like a 19, long time to me. 19 years old. Yeah, I know. I'm deeply concerned about that. Just going to let you know, Felix is right now beginning okay. his match. Good, good. So he's playing in the quarterfinals there. Um, so, yeah, concerned about Bianca Andreescu. And, um, man, to go, I'm, I can't think, who was the last... I don't know, athlete of the year or someone who had reached a, a, a status that they had that, that just that didn't play the next year, that like fell off the, the map. Someone that you really were looking forward to see. Oh, yeah, come back after a great... And then like never saw them play again. I'm very... I am concerned like you. Yeah. That every time she goes and stretches for a ball or something happens, that that knee is going to go. Well, she's only Last 20. year it was her shoulder. It was her elbow. It was her back. Hey. But at least we won the U.S. Open. Yeah, we... Me. Yeah, Canada. <laughs> yeah, at least we did. Yeah, I'm not a journalist, um, so I can say we. Yeah, I should mention too, uh, hockey, Zach Cassian is going to visit the, the player safety director. I guess that's George Paris. He's a dink. He, uh, he kicked Tampa Bay's Eric uh, Chernak the other night, um, a month after he served a two-game suspension for his altercation with uh, uh, Matthew Kachuk. It's these repeat offenders. I have yeah. no. But the uh, kicking, I don't like this kicking. Tolerance. Kicking? Kicking is what bad you, for your... a first offense, but for him, yeah. he's got a. We got a something. Uh, I don't know how many games, but he's oh, got to be suspended. Oh, it's got to be at least two games again. It's got to be. First of all, you kick in soccer. You kick somebody. You immediately get a red card, which means you're out of that game. And you're out of the next. Give game. him ten games and then three games. Oh yeah, kicking. Remind me of the '72 series where Boris Mikhailov kicked. I think it was Gary Bergman kicked him through his shin pad, drew blood, kicked him with razor sharp skates. What the hell? And a repeat offender. That's key here. Finally, the great Christy Blatchford died earlier this week at the age of 68, the victim of lung cancer. Back when I started my career, Christy was writing sports for the Globe and Mail. And believe me, you did not see any women writing sports. I think she was the first in Canada. She was, she was the first female sports columnist in Canada. Uh, her and I spent a fair bit of time together back, especially in the early days there. She's a few years older than me. Uh, covering the Leafs of the Red Kelly and Roger Nielsen eras, the early Blue Jays teams. And then later, whenever there was a big story in sports to cover, Christy Blatchard was there. However, it was her Valentine's Day column. 33 years ago today, 1987, that helped my career immensely. I think the career of, I mean, you know, I don't know about Jim, but Jim and I together in my, on sports line, because when a Toronto Sun columnist of such renown as Christy Blatchard writes a column and includes you in her Valentine's Day sexiest men, okay, yeah, it's pretty uh, heady stuff. For so sure. here's what she wrote. She wrote that Jim, Taddy, and I on sports line were two of her favorite Valentines, that we were sexy Two swell guys who are absolute magic. She goes on to write, how dare one of them go on vacation? Funny, clever, and immensely attractive. Taddy and Hepsher feed off one another. 
It's a great symbiotic relationship. It's a great show. They're great guys. What more can I say? You know that we got a ratings boost after that. I'm sure, I mean, I mean her column and any stuff she read, I mean, she was read by, wrote, was read by many people. But when she wrote, um, in this particular case, I think, I think she was, I mean, this was sort of a, it was a fluff column. She'd write one every Valentine's Day. Here's the 10 sexiest men that I know, stuff like that. But she had like a lot of readers. And when she was in the sun, and this column was from the sun, she had a tremendous number of readers. And a lot of our city's sports fans were reading the Sun Sports. Yeah, and she wasn't even a sports columnist at this time. She was like doing general columns. I think she had like a page six column. Gary Dunford had, and she had those kind of columns too. But man, I'm telling you right now, her column in the Sun introduced a lot of people to our show. A lot of people who would not normally have known about Sportsline, might not have stayed up till 1130 at night, read that column in Christy Blatchford yes. and started tuning in. There was a bump in ratings because of people like Christy Blatchford. And back in the day, folks, you knew that if somebody wrote a nice article in the paper, in the newspaper, with hundreds of thousands of subscribers and readers, that that was going to be a bump in your ratings. So no, just a quick aside is that uh, it sounds like Christy Blatchford had a crush on you and Taddy. Uh, her best friend in the world, uh, Rosie DeMano, yep. had a, at the same time had a massive crush on Jim McKinney. Uh, I learned this no. from Jim McKenney's best friend, like a big time crush. Well, I so. think journalists can have crushes on other journalists, right? And a lot of it is more than just the phys a physical attractiveness. There's something about somebody that has a way with words, right. with prose, their appearance on camera, or the way they present themselves as a writer, as a journalist, that is very attractive, yeah. Um, so I have to tell you this. She'd like the fact that I tell you this story. Jose Canseco. Think about him in the late 80s into the 90s. What a controversial figure he was. And remember this, before the steroid scandal, Canseco was a good-looking, tall, athletic, the first 40-40 player, the first player in history to hit 40 homers and steal 40 bases in the same season. This guy was a matinee idol, okay? One of the sexiest men, all that type of stuff. The type of guy that Christy Blatchford and Rosie DeMano loved to write about. Right, got into an argument with his wife one time, and they smashed cars. There was all this tab. This was tabloid stuff. Meanwhile, he's hitting bombs all over the place. Right, he was tall, muscular, handsome, and intriguing. And one night, we're covering the Jays in Detroit. They had just finished their series in Detroit. So let's say it was a Thursday, and um, after the game, everybody got not everybody, but a bunch of us got together in a bar. Happens a lot. We're there. Game's over. We're going to head out the next morning to wherever the next game was, back to Toronto. I don't remember. But now it's Thursday. It's after the game. And it's, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And we're in this bar. And the Oakland A's are in town because they're the Tigers' next opponents. They're going to start a series on the Friday night. But they're in town late Thursday because they had had a game. I, I don't know if it was a day game, whatever. But they're in from Cleveland. They played it. That's right. It was a getaway day. Right. They're in from Cleveland. They're in Detroit already. They're not playing till the next night. And Jose Canseco shows up in the bar, the club that we're in. We're all drinking. Hey, there's Jose Canseco. So Blatch says, she's at the bar. We've had a few drinks. She goes, watch this. I'm going to go pick up Jose Canseco. And we're laughing. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding? If girls are all, as soon as he comes into the place, everyone recognizes him in. Like, you know, he's like a, you know, magnetic attraction. And people start running up to him. They want autographs, stuff like that. And there goes Blatchford over to pick up Jose Canseco. And we're watching from the bar. And we're watching, oh, there she's talking with him. He looks angry. He's pointing his finger at her. <laughs> she's pointing her finger at him. He's getting, you know, angrier. She's getting angrier. Looks like they're mouthing, you know, F you to each other. There's a lot of gesticulating. We're going, what the hell's going on? Should we go save her? No, 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 no. Let's, 
And we're watching this exchange go on in this club where there's music playing loud and everything. Like, what the hell is going on? And now they're going after each other. Like they're like, not physically, but they're like pretty close to blows. It looks like, and they're mad. And we're going to try what's going on. What did she, what did she write about him? What did she say about him? You know, what did he say to her? Like what's going on there? And let me tell you, Rose, um, Rosie and Craig, they could, these girls, man, Christy could swear like a sailor. That's I mean, I she was, she was uh, as salty as they come, okay? As salty as they come. We're watching this going on, heated stuff like that. F you, F you, it looks like. And anyway, she come, now she comes back to the bar. After about five minutes of this, she comes back to the bar. And we're all going, what happened? What did he say? What's going on? And all she did, she looked at us. She's got her drink and she goes, you can read about it tomorrow in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day she wrote an article about, you know, what had gone on and how Kanseko had recognized her from before and she had written some stuff about him and he didn't like it or whatever and he knew who she was. Pretty popular columnist and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was great. But yeah, she always wanted the scoop. She always wanted to get the story. And as much as you thought, hey, we're friends and all that, tell me what happened. She was not going to reveal anything to you privately or personally until her readers got it first. She wanted that scoop. So rest in peace, Blatch. She was awesome. Christy Blatchford. That's it for episode 172 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Don't forget to buy my book. I got to make some money. I make some money somewhere in this business. Uh, the Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. It's now available also as an audiobook narrated by me. Makes a great Valentine's Day gift. And don't forget to check out the Toronto Mike podcast, the Jamie Campbell episode, Not To Be Missed. This guy talks more sports on his podcast <laughs> than I do on my podcast. He's got Wilder coming in later today. Hey, do you hear Jack Armstrong on uh, Awesome. Awesome. Get that Hello. garbage out of here. Hello. Get that garbage out of here. So, yeah, so if you want to, and not just sports, but all, all types of interesting subjects, that's Toronto Mike uh, Podcast. Meantime, if you want to sponsor this podcast, you may. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, get in touch with me. I'm at Man on social media, and Mike's handle is at Toronto Mike. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode shortly. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.